0: Hello, this is Hard Reset. Today on the show, we have an update on the saga of Checker, the Silicon Valley firm that runs background checks for the gig economy, as well as other coverage from bigotrue.org. But first, a whistleblower complaint alleges President Donald Trump made a promise to a Ukrainian leader. Big If True founder Molly Bryant is following the responses to this story. Hi, Molly. First of all, what is the allegation being made against President Trump regarding his communications with the Ukrainian president, and where did this claim originate?
1: So this originated in a whistleblower complaint that was filed with the inspector general for the um, intelligence community. And basically, it was alleging that, well, from what we know that's out there so so far, it was alleging that uh, Trump made some kind of promise to this foreign country, which has been reported to be Ukraine. And some reporting has said that he and uh, possibly his attorney, Rudy Giuliani, were asking Ukraine with... To kind of help with his real his reelection campaign, um, and to investigate Joe Biden's son Hunter Biden, so that's kind of that's kind of what we know right now.
0: Yeah, so I know on Fox and Friends, uh, kind of a favorite program of the president, Steve Ducey decli- uh, described this whistleblower complaint as a leak that came from the intelligence community, something that was intended to hurt the president and the media. Um, from what we know so far, is it fair to describe this as a leak or is that kind of misconstruing the the facts here?
1: It's not accurate to call it a leak just because the, the whistleblower, he didn't leak his complaint. He filed it with the inspector general. So, you know, technically he was not leaking it to the Washington Post as, um, you know, has been said.
0: Right. So House Democrats are investigating this conversation that Trump had with the Ukrainian president, uh, Vladimir Zelensky, and Trump's own attorney, Rudy Giuliani, has been commenting on this matter. Is that right?
1: Yeah. And I think we have a clip of an interview he did with Chris Cuomo on CNN.
0: Did you ask the Ukraine to investigate Joe Biden? No, actually, I didn't. I asked the Ukraine to investigate the allegations that there was interference in the election of 2016 by the Ukrainians for the benefit of Hillary Clinton, for which there already is a you court finding. You never asked finding. anything about Hunter Biden. You never asked anything about Joe Biden. The only thing I asked about Joe Biden is to get to the bottom of how it was that Lutsenko, who was appointed, right.
1: dismissed the case against anti: So you
0: did ask Ukraine to look into Joe Biden. Of course I did.
1: Yeah, so what we just heard. So on one hand Giuliani said that he didn't ask Ukraine to investigate um Joe Biden. On the other hand, he said of course he did. So obviously both of those statements can't be true.
0: Yeah, uh interesting that Rudy Giuliani would say something damaging in the media. That's hard to believe.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: so, I mean, what's the next steps with all of this? Is uh, is the House going to investigate this? Is the Inspector General going to do something with this complaint? What's kind of the procedure that's followed in a situation like this?
1: Um, I'm definitely not an expert on that. I know the House is already investigating um, kind of um, this stuff, uh, the stuff in this arena that's happening. Um, but... For what we're doing at Big of True, we're just trying to kind of follow the responses to it and keep up with some of the misinformation that might be getting out about it. Because, yeah, by the end of last week, people were saying uh, in the right that it was deep state, you know, uh, going into that whole conspiracy theory. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. And uh, and that's in a similar vein. I know Trump described the whistleblower as a, a partisan. Um, is there any information to back that up? Is there any reason to believe as of now that that the person was doing this for political purposes, the, the complainant, I should say?
1: We don't have any reason to think that based on the information that's out there. And actually, like in the same interview where uh, Trump described the whistleblower as partisan, he acknowledged that he doesn't know who the whistleblower is. So if you don't know someone's identity, you can't, describe them with any description like you don't know who they are so
0: yeah well personally i i do believe that anyone who's uh saying something negative about me is uh being partisan against me so i understand where the president's (laughs) coming from on that one um yeah so as molly said definitely a lot of opportunity around this story for um some dissemination of half-truths or inaccurate uh, fact. So we'll keep following that. Definitely check out the coverage at bigiftrue.org uh, as this story continues to develop. It's still a um, very new story. So they'll, they'll, there will surely be more um, discussion from both sides on this one. So we'll keep an eye on that. So the next story we want to talk about, Molly, uh, there was an interesting development last week with Checker, the background checking startup that we've discussed on the show previously. In our coverage on the previous episode, we looked at lawsuits alleging that Checker's background checks were often incorrect. Which led to major problems for people that were applying to work for gig economy companies like Uber. However, uh, it seems like those lawsuits aren't really hampering the business prospects of Checker. Is is that right?
1: Um. Yeah, it kind of seems that way. So last week, uh, Checker announced that they have cleared a total of uh, three hundred ten million in funding. Um, and. Uh, in the most recent round they raised 160 million from uh, different sources including T Rowe Price and um they're actually uh they have a valuation of 2.2 billion dollars so yeah and that's despite all of the criticism they've they've received i mean our our reporting with checker has focused on you know, just the flawed background checks, uh, causing people to lose or, uh, you know, not get gig economy jobs. But the main problem, most people would say, is you know, people getting behind the wheel at Uber and Lyft and who shouldn't be because of criminal history. So that's kind of the background on the company,
0: right? For sure. And I mean, even with all those problems, if they're able to raise 2.2 or able to you know, raise money to then back up a valuation of $2.2 billion, I should say. Um, I don't know how much of an incentive they have to really make their background checks better, but, you know, I guess that's up to the investors to determine if, uh, if Checker is going to improve in that arena in the future. Another story I wanted to touch on this week over at bigiftrue.org uh, has to do with an interesting conspiracy theory. I know when I read this one, I was a little befuddled. Um, you know, I think a lot of people listening to the show will be familiar with the Justice Smollett case. Um, it was a big news story earlier this year, uh, kind of a polarizing issue when it comes to media coverage, and a lot of people would point to that as an example of um, you know someone creating a, a, a false narrative that was run within the media and somehow proves bias on the part of the media when it turned out that smollett had uh kind of orchestrated a a a fake attack on himself but this conspiracy theory really um it was interesting to me so molly what are kind of the broad strokes of uh, what we're discussing here in this article
1: yeah so i guess the the first thing uh you know the jesse smollett controversy from february so he he essentially staged a hate crime against himself that involved the allegation of two white men placing a rope around his neck. So at the time, Cory Booker and Kamala Harris had uh, posted on Twitter that this was a modern day lunching. Um, this was before, you know, it was a, ex- he was exposed as as faking this. Um, and also at the time they had this uh, legislation um in the Senate that would make lynching a federal crime. So that is where we get this conspiracy theory. The conspiracy theory is that because uh, Booker and Harris were trying to pass this legislation, they were trying to manipulate public thought on lynching. And so they somehow uh, collaborated with Smollett for this uh, fake this faked uh, hate crime. But there's nothing, there's absolutely no evidence to back that up. And the reason I wrote about this, so this has been a conspiracy theory for months, but uh, the Gateway Pundit basically revived it in this post last week that said, um, you know, that they had new evidence proving all this, but they didn't. So um, yeah, just FYI, it's, it's a conspiracy theory.
0: Yeah, that's, um, it, you know, when we were speaking about this, it, I, I, my immediate question was how a senator from California and a senator from New Jersey are somehow connected to something that happened in Chicago, um, you know, a crime of convenience, I guess. They they were trying to do something about lynchings and has happened at the same time, so it must have been, you know, their doing is a, a little bit of a stretch, but... You know, what will we expect from the Gateway pundit? That's um that's right on par with what they've kind of been known for in the past. Yeah. One more thing this week that I wanted to talk about, Molly. Another fact check that you have up on Big if True. Um the basis of this fact check comes from an anonymous opinion piece that was run on the Federalist. You know, there's been a a little bit of um sketchy sketchy recent history with anonymous opinion pieces in this article you mentioned. The Quillette essay that was written by a, a fake DSA member named Archie Carter. Um, so you always have to take these anonymous pieces with a grain of salt. But basically, this anonymous writer says that their child is um, transgender and they're receiving a lot of support from people at their school, people in their community. And the parent feels like they're somehow, you know, on the outside looking in and don't have any say in the matter because. Um, you know, everyone else is, is so supportive, but they have mixed feelings about it. But what I want to focus on is a couple of factual claims that were made by this essayist uh, about transgender adolescence. And uh, you fact check some of these based on the information that's available. So the first one I wanted to ask you about, the author claims that 80 to 95% of transgender children stop being trans after puberty if they don't undergo medical treatments. What is, what is the evidence that this claim comes from, and what did you find when you looked into this?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, what, that, what this fact is trying to say is that being trans is a phase. You know, 80 to 95 percent, that 95 percent figure is totally made up, and the 80 percent figure it comes from this 1995 study um, of 45 gender nonconforming kids. And that study found that 80% of them weren't transgender around their high school years. Obviously, that's a dated study. Obviously, it's a very small sample that, um, you know, 45 people is such a small sample that normally people who, you know, make judgments about stuff like that say it's pretty meaningless um if if you're like trying to compare that to the rest of society um it might not be super accurate the 80% figure at least it exists though so the 90 80 to 95% the 95% figure comes from um just an interview that uh this woman Dr. Michelle Krechella did on uh Tucker Carlson tonight And she appeared to be drawing from that other study, but just kind of popped this other number in there. And so both of that, that figure, this 80 to 95% thing, it's been cited over and over and over again in uh, conservative and far right media as, uh, you know, evidence that being trans is a phase, which we have no reason to think is true based on science.
0: Yeah, at the very least, the it deserves more study before you can make that claim. Um, with the small sample size in that original study. So the other claim that was made is that being autistic is linked to being transgender. Um, the writer claims their son is autistic, and that that's you know somehow tied together. What did you find on this claim?
1: Um, I guess the bottom line of what I found is that there is some overlap between the trans and autistic community, but there's not a ton of research on this. And the research that's out there kind of has, it's like, uh, got different results, basically. Um, so it's not clear if there is a cause and effect situation happening scientists are kind of conflicted about that.
0: So we've thrown a lot of different angles at you on the show today, but don't worry, just head on over to bigoftrue.org. You'll be able to find all these stories, read more into what we were talking about, uh, and links to the source material that Molly pulled these stories from. Uh, but for now we're going to stop the episode there today's episode was hosted and produced by me justin sanders
1: our theme is oh no by Hartle road
0: hard reset is available on apple podcasts subscribe and rate the show and help other people find us
1: Hard Reset is a podcast from BigIfTrue.org. We're nonpartisan and nonprofit. Support us at BigIfTrue.org support. Subscribe to our newsletter at BigIfTrue.org slash hard